It's Monday, Monday, Monday. Welcome to Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. It is the Monday before the election to end all elections. Or so they say. It's just an election. But get out and vote. Because voting's better than not voting. So um, that way at least you feel like you've got your voice heard. You're one amongst 350 million voices. And yours should be heard. I'm hearing some crunching around here. It's weird. Ah, it's the printer. The printer be printing. The printer be printing, and I'm not printing to it. That's what the noise is. It freaks you out when you hear a noise you don't know, right? If there's things in the walls, it might be rats, it might be mice. It's not. It's just the printer. Um, so, stuff going on. Yeah, election tomorrow. Uh, now, it'll be interesting to see how quickly we actually get what we uh, a certified election, you know. Um, some of these states have some weird rules about you can't start counting until the day of the election. And so, even though they've got a whole bunch of ballots that have been mailed in or, or dropped off early, uh, they can't do anything with them. In California, you can do prep work starting two weeks in advance. So, you can... Uh, certify that you know match signatures to make sure that they're legitimate ballots and stack them in, into hoppers and get them ready to go into counting machines because it's all done mechanically um, and so uh, you know to read the little marks like a scantron right like we had back in, in school days back in the day and um, and so in California they've been prepping for um, you know a couple weeks now and getting ready to load the the counting machines up and so they should should flow fairly smoothly and uh they've been doing this for a while in california for the last few years you've been able to request a an absentee ballot a mail-in ballot regardless of reasoning you didn't have to have uh you know a disability or anything you could just say i wanted it and that's how you did it and lots of people did and so you know it, it should go relatively smoothly but there are a few states and, and I, I picked out pennsylvania but it's one of several that um won't that they're even though they're doing a lot of mail-in ballots this year like a lot of people are a lot of places because of covid uh they can't legally start counting them or do anything with them until tomorrow now if that means midnight tomorrow i don't know but uh how are the laws written but i can imagine that the second that they're allowed to they will start the process of of dealing with these ballots and verifying them and getting them you know loaded into counting machines so that they can start counting them to get us numbers as quickly as possible um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I suspect that there's going to be sour grapes on either side, and I would be shocked if there wasn't accusations of of illegitimacy from whichever side loses. Um, I, it just it, this has been a one of the the most vehemently ugly uh, attacking campaigns in in recent history. Now, if you look at the history of the United States over a long period of time, you'll find that uh, that there's a deep, deep history of calling each other names that are awful and accusing each other. I mean, there were there there have been political campaigns where where one candidate accused the other's wife of of adultery and sleeping around, and you know, I mean, we haven't had uh, you know Biden or Trump saying you know, well, your wife 
you know, is a slut and sleeps around to the other one. So, I mean, at least we haven't quite gotten that in the gutter. But uh, it um, it's it hasn't been pretty. Let's put it that way. It hasn't been a polite political discourse by any stretch. Um, it was interesting. Something that I read the other day. It was uh, had to do with NASA and comparing um, the two presidential candidates. Uh, plans for NASA and you know Trump has said he wants to go back to the moon by 2024 and uh, you know and then use that as a staging area and he's and he wants to uh, quit funding the International uh, Space Station says we've learned what we can learn from that it's time to move on to the next phase and that's basically what uh, NASA has said they want to do and that's been their marching orders and um, Biden has said that no he wants to continue to fund the International Space Station and that he wants to to back off of some of those plans to go to the moon uh, again in the future. And so NASA is, is um, uh, concerned that they will lose some funding. And I thought that was interesting, not something that I had, uh, you know, it's not like top of mind reason to vote for one side or the other, unless I suppose you work at NASA and your job's on the line. But, uh, you know, historically, our explore, exploration into space, while people say, why do we spend that money? Uh, historically, that has been the source of much of our technological jumps, our leaps forward, you know, solving the problems of traveling into space and, and putting people there uh, for longer term. And, and um, uh, you know, the, the uh, technology that we develop to do that has lots of applications back here on Earth. And so if you think of just about everything electronic, a lot of that stemmed from the development of uh smaller, lighter, better computers and electronics that had to be created for going into space. And so you can tie a lot of that back. So, um, you know, and of course, it, it, sometimes it's multiple jumps to get back there. I'm not saying that we, uh, you know, that, you know, your iPhone or, or your uh, uh, Android phone are wouldn't exist if we hadn't gone into space, but it probably would have taken longer to get all of those electronics smaller because uh, that's what kind of jump started the government, you know, paid for the development of a lot of that technology. So here's Aaron. Hello, Aaron. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I was just talking about an article that I read the other day where um, uh, NASA has expressed some concern about the funding of, or I guess NASA hasn't, but some people who follow NASA have expressed concern about uh, the effect the election is going to have on NASA because Trump has has said that you know he wants us to go back to the mood by 2024, and uh, and is going to defund the International Space Station, uh, and say you know we've learned everything we can learn from that over the years it's been in the air it's time for us to move on to the next phase, and Biden's campaign has said that they want to continue to fund the International Space Station and slow down the process of going to the moon uh, again. And so NASA people are concerned because that they're, they're afraid that that would also mean that there'd be some rollbacks at NASA. So there's another difference between the two candidates if, as if we didn't have enough. Um, you know, and I'm not sure that's the deciding factor for anybody, but um, uh, just one more thing to add in there. If you're you know, a fan of uh, the technologies developed from, from space travel, um, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the electronics and things that we have today, especially the smaller stuff, um, can be tr traced back to the massive efforts that we put in place when we were trying to go to the moon, um, and we were, you know, making things solid state, miniaturizing, and and a lot of that advancement came from there. And sure, it can happen commercially, but um, 
you know, when we have uh, a national push to do something, we tend to all benefit as opposed to being a company. So here's the thing. I mean, I, I wonder if Biden saying that he that he wants to, to slow down the push to go to the moon is knee jerk because President Trump wants to go to the moon. Or because he genuinely feels like it, we would, there's not a benefit to it. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, you're right. And I think there's a whole bunch of, you know, uh, you know, one candidate says black, the other says white. One candidate says, you know, up, the other says yes. down. You know, right. it's just like you want to paint your your opposition into saying something. You pick a position first so that they then have to take the opposition, right? Because they never want to say, well, I happen to agree with him on this point. You know, it's like yes. heaven forbid yes. that you actually have some agreement and that we foment some some bonding as a country and say that we could agree on anything, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I wonder, I mean... You know, I does and and does the space station. First of all, it's been up there for two decades, right? I mean, hasn't it been a really long time? Yeah, it's been a long time. I, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's 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 not been a, a an I mean, overnight thing. So at some point, the um, the life of that thing is going to end, right? I mean, there's I, I imagine there's only so long that you can do repairs. Maybe it's a lot longer than I think, but you know, it would seem that space would be a harsh environment. Maybe well, it's. Not. it's it, I mean, a space is an incredibly harsh environment, but it is. Um, it was built in sort of a modular fashion, and so you know you you add additional habitats and sections onto it as you need them, and and they've been doing that pretty much since it launched. And you know because it's international, different countries have made different pieces and parts that they stick on, and uh, uh, I mean it's it's hard to believe how massive the thing really is. It's like two football fields long. Uh, oh. And and one football field wide, if you look at the size of the the what, the field of solar arrays that that stick out from the main central portion, um, and well, so it would seem to know. me that you leave it out there. I mean, if 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 you're still if we're still making discoveries, if we're still learning, yeah. whether it's learning how our own biology of, or the biology of whatever we send up there behaves or changes in space, to um, you know. What's, I don't know. I mean, taking pictures of things. I have no idea. Right. All the things that we learn. If we're continuing to learn, then we should we should leave it there and continue to learn. Right. Well, the point that NASA's made is they feel like they've learned as, about as much as they're going to from that, that they need to move on to the next phase. The defunding of it means that we wouldn't be funding it nationally, but that we would be turning it over to um, American companies that could use it for space tourism and things like that. So it would still be used. It's not going anywhere. Uh, so um, they say it, here, Elon Musk. You know, yeah, you guys can pay a certain it. amount of money to do it, and you can coordinate with. And it realize it's an international space station, so it's not ours to say we're going to just you know let it fall from the sky. That all, granted, we're the ones who are putting the most into it, but uh, you know the European Space Agency and the Russian Space Agency and uh, and Japan have all built sections of it and portions of it and sent up you know uh, experiments and things like that. So. Um, German, here it is. Germans, Brazil, Belgium, Denmark, Kazakhstan, Malaysia, the Netherlands, South America, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, United Arab Emirates, and the United Kingdom all have had people up there and have um, uh, some stake in it. So it's it's truly a world project. Kinda about cool, the only right? thing is a yeah, about the only thing is a world that we've been able to do without like you know screaming at each other. It's pretty amazing, actually. You know. Yeah. But uh, just recently, they they spent a lot of time. They 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 kept losing pressure, and they and they they traced it to one of the earliest 
um, sections that had been put up by Russia. It was a Russian segment that had sprung a leak. Um, and yeah, that's, that's 20 years ago, right? I mean, it's, yeah, I've got to exactly. remember when it was first put up there. And, you know, it's been a long time. Uh, do, 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 it looks like 1998. Wow. Yeah. yeah so, so 22 years. Yeah. So it's been there a long time. And the, um, the, uh, you know, but they, they, you know, they repaired it. They fixed this, the, the problem. You, but you got to think, you know, if you, each of those sections fits together, there's going to be rubber seals and stuff between them, right? As each section yeah. fits together, that those kinds of things over time, like you said, there's just, you know, it's a rough environment. I mean, you know, the sun hits it and it heats up to a couple hundred degrees and then it goes into the shade and drops down to a couple hundred below freezing. I mean, space is a tough place, you know, it's, it's not an easy place to be. And, uh, so Yeah. I mean, how many people drive cars that are twenty years old? Me, not a lot. <laughs> me and me and a few few other crazy people. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know it. Um, it it was intended to be a way to learn about how humans live in space and the 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 uh, what it does to your body. And, and the learning was all designed for us to then look at possibly going to uh, Mars. And the idea of going back to the moon is we can build a base there and then launch for Mars from the moon. And it would be less expensive than than trying to launch for Mars from here. And that's why there's been a yeah there's been a lot of exploration and talk about finding water on the moon, and you know or I liquid or ice somewhere you know frozen water, and that's yeah. because that then provides oxygen and hydrogen, which is things we need to go to Mars. So we don't have to lift them off of the gravity well that is the Earth. We can go from the moon where there's less, and we can create oxygen and hydrogen, which are things that we very much need to fly a rocket to the Mars, and so. Um, I don't know if you'd noticed or if read any science stuff that pops up every once in a while. They'll be talking about, we think there's ice crystals here. And we think, you know, and, and they're fairly yes. confident that they have found uh, ice pockets on the moon in some of the um, places that are perpetually shaded. So they're frozen. And, so, but, uh, they're, but they're sure that it's, that it's, I mean, because other frozen things look like ice, don't they? Right, yeah. Like they're, they're, liquid, they're, so, go ahead. Sorry. Well, a dry ice doesn't have any oxygen in it, does it? Uh, I don't know the makeup uh, of its liquid nitrogen is, is frozen, um, you know, so I don't know if there's, you know, how pure it is. And I'm, I'm sure that none of this stuff is 100% pure when it's, you know, out in the wild, right, on the moon or wherever. Yeah. Um, they're fairly sure that there is water ice on the moon. Um, but, you know, being fairly sure. Back up there to make sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Being fairly sure and being able to, you know, drop a few cubes into your. Uh, your highball is a little different than, um, you know, so, um, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting anyway. Right. Um, and, and you're, I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's what sort of like when we were saying, you know, when you, when somebody gets on the, uh, on the Supreme court, they don't always behave the way you anticipated based on, previous past experience or whatever there's a sort of a, a a natural tendency towards centering when you're not you know constricted by anything right right and and so um i think that you know once you get elected you can say lots of things to get elected but once you get elected you may go well you know i said this because he said that but now that i'm here 
maybe we should do this instead, or maybe we should slightly back off from that. You know, we're not quite as harsh into that or this or the other. So, um, you know, you don't know how much vehemence is behind each statement, how much, uh, how much they're really invested in, in each position. You know, some of them they're very invested in, you know, political sides, each political side is very invested in, in certain topics, but, but other things, I don't know, NASA is one of those that it's like, you know, it's traditionally like, oh, it costs too much. We should be using that money to, you know, feed the homeless versus, you know, well, yeah, except that, you know, President Trump space force is a thing. And that's a thing that he, uh, that was, that's a, that's the thing that he implemented space force. Right. And you know, we're talking about putting a base on the moon. I think there's, there's military um, interest in in having a base on the moon as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm changing. I'm, I'm just thinking about something else. Right. Right. Just um, adding to the topic. Right. Yes. So. Um, yeah. You know, and and will space force continue mm-hmm. uh, if there were a Biden administration? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of the things my, my dad pointed out that when it first came out, he thought it sounded kind of weird. But then he also realized, having been in the military and especially towards the end of his career, that there are a lot of things that are done. Um, you know, there's a like a um, uh, integrated command between the Army, the Air Force, the Navy and the Marines and Coast Guard to some extent as well. And that, there, you know, each side is always battling for their own ideas within the political arena trying to get their their projects funded and that uh space exploration was sort of lost in there that air force did a lot of it through their um missile office but that you know the navy also has a missile office and does a lot of stuff and so there was duplicate effort and there was um you know competing plans and ideas and it made sense to consolidate a lot of that and just say let's put it under one group that's dealing with you know, rockets in space and, and yep. mil- military uh, value of that stuff. You know, so the civilian branch is NASA and Space Force is the, mati- the mili- military branch of that same, you know, coin, that side of the other side of the coin, I guess. Um, you know, and that makes sense. That makes sense that there's one group that coordinates that stuff and that they they be, you know. But again, it that's more of a structure thing, you know. I mean, if... If uh, a, another uh, president comes in and says, you know, I don't like the idea of Space Force, we're going to reorganize this way or that way, you know, I, the military will deal with it. They'll just deal with the new reorganization. Um, uh, you know, I don't think they would ever go back to doing it in two different places at the same time, you know. Although, you know, clearly the Navy has different prerequisites than the Air Force does. You yeah. Know? I mean, I think, you know. Their missiles launch from tubes underwater. You know, it's a little different than, than uh, you know, sitting it on a launch pad somewhere. And their airplanes have to land on, on uh, you know, ships that are bouncing around in the ocean. Um, I mean, just, they've got different problems to solve. So they do. They do. So yeah, um, I, I I wonder. I mean, because I don't. I mean, obviously, I've I've never been in the military, so I don't really know how they think. Um, and, uh, I've got to think that, that Space Force, you know, that this wasn't just something that President, uh, Trump dreamed up. I, I have to think that, you know, it was his generals, the Joint Chiefs, who decide, who set, who are, who are, um, advocating for this. And I'm sure they would advocate for that for it or under a Biden administration, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, 
you don't come up with, hey, let's make a space force, you know, and and then just do it. There's got to be some thought behind it and stuff. You know, there is a www.spaceforce.mil. It's a military uh, website that talks about Space Force. So you can go there and read about them. And they've got FAQs and all kinds of stuff. So how do I join? Hey, there's even a, there's even a how do I join? You can sign up. You want to be in so the Space if you, Force. If you go to the Air Force Academy, because NASA came from NASA came from the Air Force, right? I mean, that's where it was created. And if I, I remember correctly, and so do you go to the Air Force Academy if you want to be a Space Force general? Do you, <laughs> how does that work? Yeah, I don't know exactly how that goes in and, and how that works. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find out. I, I didn't realize that NASA was, uh, <laughs> I typed in nada. <laughs> <laughs> I think it came from the Air Force. I could be wrong, but that's my, that's what I, yeah, I, I understand. Don't know. Because in the early days of the space, um, uh, space, uh, drive, like in the sixties, when they were trying right. to the space race, um, they were all pilots, right? The, the there were scientists and pilots. And so that's, that's Air yeah. Force. It did not come from the Air Force. It was from, it succeeded the National Advisory Committee on Aeronautics, which was, uh, so it's always, it's always been a civilian agency. Our initial, our our initial astronauts were called from the Air Force, Navy, and Marines, and Army. And so, you know, they have, each, each of those different branches have people who do piloting type of stuff, which is ironic because the initial designs on the first rockets had no pilots they were basically just passengers and it was all going to be done remotely (laughs) but but they injected that no if you're putting us on this thing you better give us some ways to deal with it and pilot the thing because when when things don't go right somebody's got to fly it home (laughs) you're not putting me you're not putting me in a tin can and saying you know your options are pray or don't pray (laughs) yeah yeah so, and, and, you know, that kind of stuff happens. I mean, like, you know, Apollo 13, it hit the fan and those guys got that, got back home, you know, and it was largely due to, to stuff they were able to do there because they had things they could do, you know? Um, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's always been a, a, uh, um, you know, within the U.S., space plans it's we and well in all of our stuff all of our military endeavors and stuff we look at how we're protecting the the humans involved you know we're very much concerned with that and other countries when they develop some of these technologies have been less concerned about the safety of the passengers and the humans involved they just don't value human life quite the same way that we do and yet you know it's you know they've got parents and families they just they're they're taking a higher level of risk they're willing to take a higher level of risk sometimes um and that's general. I mean, it's. Let's face it. When you're standing, uh, sitting on top of, uh, was a famous line from a movie. Um, I think it was Armageddon. You know, you're sitting on top of a uh, 150 million dollar rocket filled with explosives, built by the lowest bidder. Um, you, <laughs> there's a certain amount of risk involved. <laughs> oh my God! When you put it like that. <laughs> yeah. Can you? I mean, you think about it. It's like that. That's how it works, right? It's you're, you're, it's built by the lowest bidder. Um, so, so apparently they're going to be creating space force bases out of um, old or out of air force bases, and and I don't know if it's 
it doesn't say if they're going to be decommissioned Air Force bases or they're mm-hmm. just going to convert um, existing in commission Air right. Force bases. Well, or they may actually also just be a, a section of a base that, that will work with Space Force. I know that that has happened before where they'll have like on an Army fort, there will be a a uh, a small contingent of, say, Air Force people working there because they needed him in that area for some reason, and there there wasn't an Air Force base there, so they put them on an Army fort. So it's not like, you know, the Army and the Air Force and the Navy don't ever speak to each other. They do. Um, you know, they're happy to cheer against each other's, you know, football teams from their academies, but, uh, you know, we're all Americans. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that breaks. So does it say how many? No, it doesn't. Uh, I'm curious Not, as to how big that force is going to be. I don't know. It's kind of cool. You yeah. Know, it's it's kind of cool. Um, I tell you what, I love their their logo because their logo basically looks like the, the almost like the Star Trek emblem that that you know that it totally does. The little badge. It's it's sort of that arrowhead pointing up. Star Trek has one side sticking down a little lower than the other, whereas this one's more symmetrical. But uh, yeah, for all all. Yeah, exactly. Space Force will get sued by the Gene Roddenberry uh, uh, family trust. F- frankly, I think that they they the Gene Roddenberry family trust should be saying, "Hey, we'll offer this to you. Use this." Yes. You know. Yes. That would so, be cool. That would be really cool. And I don't know if it's actually the Gene Roddenberry family trust, but you know, there's there's somebody who's managing their. Their, uh, Somebody owes that intellectual pro- owns ex- that intellectual property. Right? Yeah, it's probably like Paramount Studios or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, these days. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, Space Command. It'd be interesting to see how that all plays out. You know, um, I hope that you're right. That regardless of who wins, that they're going to say, well. You know, we really should be moving forward. We need something to be a, a point of national pride that we can all kind of stand around. And, and there's always going to be those who are going to say, but we could have spent that money other ways. But I think that that's fairly short-sighted, that, that investment in space travel is a long-term investment um, in, in technology, basically. And uh, there's we all benefit from it. So, um, you know, and quite honestly... Thus far, I've not seen that throwing money at the homeless problem has solved the problem. Um, you know, I mean, there's a problem there. We need to work at it. But it's not just spending money. It's, it's you know, I, there's a lot of charities out there doing a lot of good. There's a lot of people who don't want to not be homeless. You know, they. I mean, I'm not saying there are, that there are others, but there are people who, who don't, you know, that's what they want. That's the life they want. Let them have it. Um, yep. You know, and there's also people who are have mental illnesses, and you know that needs to be dealt with. So yeah, we get that we need a better solution to that. I understand why they opened up the asylums because they were hellish places. Yeah. Um, and so I understand that, but leaving them out on the street for and, and the idea was that the, the community would take care of them. I don't know how the community would take care of them. Right. I mean, that clearly that never materialized anywhere yeah. because this was done in at least all of the English speaking world. Um, and so that, that's what I know of. And, and they've not had a good solution anywhere. So, yeah. you know, yeah, maybe asylums is the only way to, to manage it and keep the public safe. Yeah. I mean, you've, there's a mixed thing, you know, it's like and, and they never you never when a, a 
homeless person with mental issues becomes violent is the only time that they're then anything is done right and then they go and yes. take them and throw them into jail which isn't what they need either you know um yeah i i it's there's not a good answer to that you know um no but but societally we need to that's something we need to address because a lot of those people who i was talking about that say that's how they want to live some you know a lot of those people do have mental issues there's some problems there that they that you know they make that decision because they're not making good decisions so. no well or they they want to be able to to feed their addictions and you know it, it, mm-hmm. here's the thing i mean how many times and and i'm asking on a policy level how many times does a that is do you does a person need to fail at rehab before they're just incarcerated you know, so yeah. if the person is, let's just say that they're a junkie and they, you know, they rob, steal and prostitute themselves to feed their habit. And and many, many times they've been sent or, you know, two, three, four more times mm-hmm. they were sent to rehab on the public dime. At what point do you say, OK, we're done and you're going to jail and you're staying there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't have an answer to that. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and what does that jail look like? You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a jail with, you know, like that looks something like um, Alcatraz or, you know, or are there, you know, just like cordoned off areas that are home, you know? I don't know. You know, that it's a more, a kinder, gentler loss of liberty. Yeah, but does, but does the, does the pub, does the public have to foot the bill because somebody has decided that they want to be addicted and they right. want to not you know, that they want you know, to be destructive. Right. Well, or in the argument could be too, you know, they want to be, maybe they don't feel like they have, or they, maybe they don't have the, the mental and emotional capacity to, to make that change. You know, if you've been chemically addicted for a long time, your brain has been rewired. And so it doesn't work the way yours and mine do. That's um, true. You know, so there's, uh, there's so many different nuances to this, that this, so that's why there's not like really, Hey, here's the answer, the answer, right. you know? Exactly. Um, um, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's a complex problem. It is because you, you want to have a heart and you want to say these are human beings, but you also don't want them, you know, walking the streets with your children, uh, you know, and leaving, you know, needles in, in public parks and, and, and excrement, uh, and, and, excrement and, and, you know, attacking violent. people or breaking into your house when you leave for work during the, of course, nobody's leaving for work now, but you know, uh, uh, Back in the day when people actually went to work instead of having work come to them, um, you know, the you've got, yeah, there's just, like I said, there's so many levels and nuances to this that there's no good answers, you know. And I know there's people who have said, well, you know, there's there's, uh, social and church charities and things that do a lot of work. And they do. They do a lot of work. But you're right. You, You pose a really good question. What do you do when that person just seems to be, uh, absolutely uh what's the right word i don't want to say incorrigible but they just they they they're, I, no, they're, I think incorrigible is good yeah maybe i mean they're 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 you know their recidivism is just non-stop you yes. know uh they're using some five dollar words uh you know but so, they just keep falling into the same same patterns over and over and over at, at what point do we say we're done because the reality is, is that you can't rehab somebody who doesn't want to be rehabbed. I mean, because the hard work still has to be done mm-hmm. by the addict. And if yeah. they won't, and if they, they really don't, if they really won't, there's literally nothing a society can do to fix yeah. that person. 
And so yeah. then what do you do with that person? Yeah, I mean, theoretically, you know, you say, oh, well, lock them up. They can't get anything in jail. Well, somehow it, they, they managed to get lots of stuff in jail. So a lot of people who have bad habits still nurse those habits in, in jail or in prison. Yeah, but, but at least there, it's not the public health issue and the safety exactly. issue exactly. the general public. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's sad. It is. It's it's incredibly sad, and it's it's um, yeah. There's just yeah. I mean, we we can we can talk in circles. There's no there's no good answers to this, but at some point you have to say, okay, enough's enough. You know, uh, we have to take back our cities, and uh, yeah. Well, now that we haven't solved that problem, you want to tackle um, you know. Racism and police abuse. I mean, that one's an easy one, right? There's an easy fix for that. <laughs> or world hunger. Here's yeah. a story. Do you remember that Next. Idaho couple? <laughs> that that Idaho couple that they they um, had killed their kids, but they wouldn't tell anybody where they were. And oh yeah, um, yeah, they, they went to Hawaii. To Hawaii and all these. Yeah. Things. So try uh, um, Lori and Chad Daybell is the name, and so um, uh, there's been spit some after movement. you say that. I know, right? Um, right. Thank you. Chad yeah, and get Lori that name Daybell out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> won't be tried separately. So a judge has ruled that the Idaho couple who faced similar charges and connections with the deaths of her two children uh, can have their trials combined. This is after Chad's lawyer, John Fryer, and special prosecutor Bob Wood locked horns in a Zoom hearing over the issue. The prosecutor argued that combining the cases would increase efficiency while Pryor said it would heighten media attention and make it harder to find a fair jury. No, it'll just change your strategy for the defense mm-hmm. attorney. Yeah, well, I think uh, they're probably both right. It'll probably heighten media attention, you know, but I don't yeah. think they're going to find a fair jury anyway. Anybody who, it's, this has been all over the news, so you're going to find, everybody's going to have heard about this, you know, at this point. Yes. They seem like truly, well, let's let's use a political term, the deplorables. These are the deplorables. Yeah, these are the deplorables. Yeah, the, and she's you know there's been all kinds of people around them who've come up dead. So yeah, they're, yeah, they're just they're just crazy people. Scary crazy, so, evil people. Yeah. Um, so, um, voice ultimately the the judge also ultimately sided with the special prosecutor and said the two trials and two sets of hearings would be quite concerning amid the COVID pandemic. Um, uh, Prior said he might file a motion to divide up cases again after looking over more evidence. Meanwhile, K- Como News in Salt Lake reports that Lori Vallow's attorney, Mark Mean, suggested in a tweet last month that others might be involved in the death of the seven-year-old Joshua, J.J. Vallow, and 16-year-old Tylee Ryan. If, if you know something, say something, he wrote. The children were found buried on Chad's rural Idaho property in June. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I, awful. These people are evil. Oh yeah, Evil. yeah. I can't imagine anybody arguing otherwise. I just, wow, wow. Yeah. You know, I I I don't understand the desire to hurt a child. I I don't. Let alone kill them. I mean, I I I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. How somebody could hit a baby or hit a, a child or hit. I don't understand it, but people do it all the time. Abuse is rampant. You know, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of, I watch Dr. Phil clips on YouTube 
And, you know, over and over and over, there are parents there who say that they've hit their child or they call them horrible names or they do. How? How? I don't understand. You're, if you should be hardwired to do everything you can to protect the health and well-being of that child. And yet you're destroying them. Yeah. I don't get it. I think a lot of that, honestly, is that's how they were raised. I think there's a lot of people who are raised in a history of, you know, a child does something wrong, you beat them, you you know. Um, there was a famous uh, uh, thing, a uh, football player. Um, um, dang it, now I'm blanking on his name. He's still playing. Uh, was in the news, and he, you know, he beat his child. His he had a, like a ten year old, and and uh, when he got called out on it, he goes like, That's "How I was raised, you know, kid does something wrong, you 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 take your belt off and you smack him." Um, and that that was a very common thing, and it's still very prevalent. And I think it's been carried on, and it's it's. It's a horrible way for a child to grow up, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's not uncommon, you know, to grab a, grab a switch and switch a child or to grab a, uh, you know, a belt. It, it just, that was the way a lot of people were raised. And I think that we're, we're slowly as a society evolving away from that, but it's, you know, and it's not. I, I know you're right. I know it's, you're right. Yeah. But we still are when we do those things, we are confronted with the choice to do them. Absolutely. And so yeah. regardless of what your parents did, not your parents, but one but regardless of what one's parents did, you mm -hmm. still are the person making the choice in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, um, I, I'll I I got swatted when I was growing up and my parents made a very conscious decision that they weren't going to do that anymore. When I was when I was younger, you know, and and it was like, OK, that ain't happening anymore. And so uh, my siblings didn't grow up with that. And I didn't after a fairly young age because my parents said, wait a minute, this is what our parents did. This was wrong. This is not the right way to raise children. And uh, and it stopped, yes. you know, because yes. of that reason, they have a conscious decision. They have brains. And they said, well, there's a better way. There's a better way to raise a child, you know, and yes. uh that didn't mean I didn't get punished because every kid should get punished when they do stupid kid stuff, you know, um, for their own good. They, you need to set boundaries and, and you know, and teach them right and wrong and have consequences for bad behavior. And, you know, there is all of that and you can learn that, you know, but, uh, um, you know, striking a child is probably not the right way to do it. And so, nope. you know, that's... Parental education, quite honestly, you know, it's funny, all the stuff we teach in school, um, it, it would be nice if we maybe spent a few minutes teaching them how people how to be a parent. There aren't any classes required to have a baby, you know, uh, maybe it should just be part of, you know, the curriculum when you're, you know, coming into high school is, they you know, used to have yeah. child development classes in high schools. I don't think they have them anymore, but then they yeah. also used to have home economics. Yeah, but they weren't required. No, no, yeah, they weren't required, but that's where you learned how to balance yeah. a checkbook and how to go grocery yeah. shopping and how to, you know, cook. Yeah, but a combined things. class that's, you know, life skills or something like that should be taught, you know, and that's where you combine your your math and your English and your, you know, where you, hey, guess what? You actually have to be able to, you know, put an, a sentence together to communicate to somebody and, and, uh and uh, like you said, know how to balance a checkbook or at least know how much is in your account. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who don't balance checkbooks anymore. But, uh, you know, check and see how much money you got. Know where you're at. Yep. Uh, budget. Save. 
things like that. You know? and, and it's just not taught. And if your parents don't know it or didn't do it, then how are you going to know? You got to, yeah. you, you know, if you're not curious and don't go out and figure it out on your own. And let's face yep. it, a lot of people don't say, hey, you know, I'm going to do some light reading. Maybe I'll sit down and, you know, read a, a, a book on, you know, home budgets. <laughs> you know, um, what's his name? Dave, um, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, you know. I mean, you know, he's a successful author, but there, he, there, there are millions of people who wouldn't know who Dave Ramsey is and yep. would look at you funny if you started explaining, oh, yeah, I, I sat down and read this book by this guy who told me how to save money and how to budget. And I'm like, uh-huh, that sounds like fun reading. <laughs> All right, so back to politics. Apparently, AOC, my favorite dingbat, AOC is um, contemplating running for president in 2024. Of course she is. She will, she will be 35 in 2024. Just under the, the age limit. Yes, exactly. Just over the line. She, this, is, this is what she says. I don't know if I'm really going to be staying in the house forever, or if I do stay in the house, what that will look like. I don't see myself really staying where I'm at for the rest of my life. First of all, when you say where I'm at, you sound like an uneducated rube. It's staying where I am. There's no the at is unnecessary. I'm sorry, that's a pet peeve of mine. Staying yeah. where I'm at for the rest of my life. Well, and uh, as if she has the option, you know, she has to actually get elected. And yeah, exactly. There are people who, you know, might just say, you know what, we've had enough of you. I mean, I don't know her district, so I don't know, and I don't know how solid she is or what how she's perceived there. Obviously, they elected her at least once. Yes. Um, so, so she had this interview. Uh, with Vanity Fair. So that's where this is from. Um, she says, I don't want to aspire to quote unquote uh, higher position just for the sake of that title or just for the sake of having a different or higher position. I truly make assessments to see if I can be more effective. Oh my God. Yeah, so, she's from, in, what is it, New York's no, 14th Congressional District. I, do I need to remind you that, that this woman was a bartender before she got elected to, to Congress? A bartender. Yes. Yeah, she does have uh, um, a bachelor and a master's degree, though. So I, you know, I, I'm not denigrating bartenders. I won't go there, but uh, I mean, she's educated. But yeah, but I don't you know, agree I gotta be honest politics. with you. If if I had gotten a degree from BU, I think I'd be I'd be pretty embarrassed right now because the girl is a dingbat. She doesn't know anything, I, and I say this because she talks about economics like she's a high school student. And she's supposed to have a degree in economics. Mm-hmm. She's a dingbat. Yeah. Well, I have known people who, uh, from from my college career, who were um, good at getting grades, good at passing classes, but couldn't hold a conversation on the topic in the class that they just passed. That said, she graduated cum laude. Yeah. Cum, cum laude. Double majored in international relations and economics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, the, I was just going to say, ahead. you know, she 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 unseated a ten-term incumbent, which was pretty impressive, and I think more than anything else, she has um, one of the first politicians to to really really leverage um, social media. I mean, she you know lots have done it, and you know once it's, it became a thing, everybody's sort of on it. But she and Trump, totally different you know, ends of the spectrum politically um, are alike in that they really do understand how to use social media to reach out to people. 
and uh, you know, and so you got to give her kudos for for doing that, getting elected. But um, yeah, her her positions. I mean, she's she's just an outright socialist. I mean, she she she's a she Marxist. Re- yes, she is. So yeah. Well, and she, um, I give kudos not to her but to her team because she was she was sought out by by Marxist individuals who are looking to put people in office, and so um, you know they 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 found her and and did what it took to get her elected. She, I don't think she she didn't put that team together. She was she was shepherded there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's attractive and young and energetic. And so, you know, they made up a narrative for her. She said she grew up where she didn't grow up. She grew up, she said she grew up in, in her district and she did not. Um, you know, so she says that she went back to, you know, she was a bartender because she couldn't find another job. Are you, are you kidding me? You have a double master's, or you have a double, a double, two degrees in international relations and business, and you live in New York and you can't find a job. Something is wrong with you. Yeah, during a time uh, of historic low uh, unemployment. Yes. 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 So I'm just saying. <laughs> so with that, we are completely out of time. Bum, bum, bum. Thanks so much for joining us on Back from the Brink. You can listen to us on KCA Radio in the greater San Bernardino area at uh, 1050 a.m. and 106.5 and 102.3 FM weekdays. And we follow that with this podcast. We're so happy you joined us. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you.